Thank you for joining us on a new episode of the NACF Podcast. Today we talk about being a champion as we continue in our I Am series. What defines a champion? Is it a mentality? Is it a mindset? Just know that we all have the potential to be a champion, champions in our life, in all areas. Coming up. Well, I came by to remind you that you are a champion. You're a conqueror. Matter of fact, you're more than a conqueror. You're a warrior. You're an overcomer. You're a victim. You're a ride or die. You're a big baller, shot caller. You have the eye of the tiger, a fighter. Now, I wore my shirt today because it goes with the sermon. So I need you all to, to get over it so that the anointing can flow without your disruption. Y'all know I like to illustrate my sermons. Uh, the only thing, most of your team's not in it no way, so you might as well, you might as well get over it. Let's go on and let the anointing rest in the room. Only body that should have an attitude, maybe the 49er fans. Other than that, nobody else should care what I got on today. But it just so happens that I, I, what I'm preaching today, it just, just so happens we, we just had a Super Bowl champ walk in here a few minutes ago. Y'all never seen a Super Bowl champ? It's one sitting right over there. Wave your hand, Brian. That's a Super Bowl champion right there. That's a ring man right there. Only one I've ever been able to put my hands on. Amen. It's good to see him today. Let's stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. You know, Pastor uh, Bishop that preached for us last week, Bishop Huggins is a 49er fan. And he front him. He said, hi, girl from the west side on the, on the west coast. A black girl on the west coast ended up being a Green Bay. And I fell in love with football in the fifth grade, Green Bay. Back in fifth grade, there was 1960. Yeah, <laughs> it was the 60s, y'all. That's how I got to be a Green Bay fan. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 30, verse 3 through 8 in the New International Version is there for you on the screen. Let's read together. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Our topic this morning is I am a champion. I am a champion. Well, as some of you already know, the Green Bay Packers are playing the San Francisco 49ers today for the NFC champ, the Tennessee Titans playing for the new we won the first two ships. And uh, actually, the, I found out today, I knew we won the first two Super Bowls, but I, I found out it was against Kansas City, and so it might be a rematch if the anointing comes in, but. <laughs> the winner of the games today will go to the Super Bowl. And actually, the 49ers are favorite to win today. 
But now, if we have to send them home, oh well. Uh, but to be honest with you, let me tell you something about me. I kind of felt bad. I think it was a couple of years ago when the Dallas Cowboys had a great season. And they really did deserve to have gone to the Super Bowl. And, and then we knocked them out in the playoffs. I, 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 I was happy for my team, but I felt kind of bad because there's something in me that's kind of partial to champions. I like winners. And some folks always favor the underdog. And they like those tight games where the underdog comes in and wins. But I'm one of those people that like blowouts when the champion wins. I think it's because I was on a team once that had an undefeated season but lost the championship. I still haven't gotten over it. And because I've had so many experiences where I worked hard and I still didn't win, that, that I feel sorry for teams who have done the work and made the sacrifice and then lose it all in the end. I like it when the winner is the one who's supposed to win. This is a personal thing with me. I like it when the winner is the one who's supposed to win. Well, we are champions, y'all. We're supposed to win. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that love beneath. The Bible says says that God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The Bible says that when my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. I am a champion. I'm supposed to win. The Bible says that no temptation can befall me without God providing me a way to escape. The Bible says I have the authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy that I can cast out devils and bind on earth what's bound in heaven and release on earth what's released in heaven. The Bible says I can be troubled on every side and yet not distressed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken. I can even be cast down but not destroyed. The Bible says that everyone who is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The Bible says that if God is for me, who can be against me? I am a champion. I'm supposed to win. So I want to teach you all this song this morning. Pastor Tiffany blessed us on watch night. She said, it's the 20s again. And the last time it was the 1920s, they called it the Roaring 20s. And these 20s are going to be our Roaring 20s. Anybody that will, will, will grab onto that with me? Do you want this to be your Roaring 20s? It's going to be New Antioch's Roaring 20s. So I want to teach you this song. It says, I got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing through the fire, because I am a champion, and you're going to hear me roar louder and louder. Something like this. I got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing through the fire. Stay right there. Okay, y'all sing that part. I got the eye of the tiger. Let me hear you. I've got the eye of the tiger, a fighter. says, cause I am a champion and you're gonna hear me roar louder. Alright, let's do just that first part. I want to teach you, I want this in your spirit. Y'all church people, you came to New Antioch. New Antioch is non-traditional. Ain't nothing wrong with this song. I need you to get you it in your song. spirit. So let's just do the first part. Here go, go. I got the eye of a tiger of Louder, louder, louder. 
this because I want next time something hit you I want you to sing this go I've got the eye of the for who you are. So this is a year where we're going to be studying our purpose. Because at New Antioch, you can meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose. You have a born identity. You can't know your purpose until you discover who you are. You have a born identity. You were born to be someone to become something, to accomplish some task, and to have some stuff. And life is not complete until you find out who you were originally designed to be. You need to find out your why. Why were you born? Why did you survive? Why did you have to go through that? Why did you make it through that? Why were you chosen? Why do I feel and I think what, what I feel and I, why do I think what I think? Is, is my life meaningful and significant or am I just unnecessary? I declare to you today that you are who you are for a reason. And we will not only discover that and uncover that reason this year, but I pray that you'll accept it and then we're going to walk in it and then we're going to we're going to discover who we am. God has already laid out what what I'll be preaching and the other ministers will come uh, as well. The other pastors, I don't know what they have to preach on this topic. I don't know what God's going to give them, but all of mine will start with the words I am. And today is I am a champion. So in our text, we we drop in on the day in the life of a champion. His name is David. Now, at this point in the story that we read this morning, he's been anointed to be the next king of Israel. But the current king got jealous and tried to kill him. So in the portion of the story we read, David is on the run from King Saul, and he's out doing his own thing. He has his own small army with him. He's got an army of fellas who just like to fight. And they were good at it. They had won lots of battles. They were like mercenaries. They would fight other for other people. They just wanted to fight. And since their country wasn't feeling them at the time, they, they even hooked up with the Philistines, who were supposed to be their enemies. From time to time, they'd fight with them. They just liked to fight. They were champions. And so the Philistines, one this guy named Akish, had given them their own little town, and they had wives, and they had children, and they had homes, and they had stuff. They would go to war, and then they'd come back home. And so one day they were out with their friend Akish, and if you look in 1 Samuel, the 29th uh, chapter, it says the Philistines uh, had gathered all their forces together, and Israel had gathered their forces together, and, and the Philistine uh, rulers, they marched in with their units of their hundreds and thousands and David and his men were bringing up the rear with a, back there with a kish and the commanders of the Philistines said what are these Hebrews doing 
up here with us. And Kish replied, oh, oh, this David, he was an officer in Saul's army. Uh, but he fought in him. You know, he's good. He's a good guy. He's no men back. But the Philistine commanders, uh, 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 they got mad at Akish. I said, no, no, send them men back. Send him back. Let him return to the place where you assign him. He must not go with us into battle. Or he might turn against us during the fighting. And that way he can regain his master's favor. We don't trust him. Because this is that same David. We heard about him. He's a champion. Isn't this the same one that they sing about and dance about to say Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his tens of thousands? So a kitch called David said, man, look, as surely as the Lord lives, you've been reliable to me. I'd be pleased to have you serve with me in the army because from the day that you came to me to now, I found no fault in you. But these other people don't approve of you, so you're going to have to go back home, man. <laughs> but go in peace. But, but let's not mess up, you know, the other Philistine rulers. They, they can't handle it. So, so in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we go down to the next chapter. So David and his men get home to Zitlag about a three-day journey. And these other folks they had beat up before, the Amalekites had raided their city. They attacked their city and burned it, and they took all the women and everybody. Said, so they get home, their city is tore up, but there are no people there. There are no dead bodies. So they knew they had taken all of the women and children and everybody in it, both young and old. They killed none of them. They carried them off with them. So when David and his men re-ziglag, they find that it's destroyed by fire, and all their wives and their sons and their daughters are gone. So they said, so Dave, the Bible says David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. They cried till they got tired of crying. Tell somebody, don't let me get tired of crying. <laughs> this text is that adversity can either make you forget who you are or remember who you are. Adversity can either make you forget who you are or remember who you are. Because for a while, it looks like they forgot who they were. These wild warriors have now been reduced to weeping wimps. They've almost cried themselves to sleep. You know how babies cry themselves to sleep. They cried till they had no strength left to cry. It's like they forgot that they killed people for a living. It's like they forgot that they were the hardest gangsters in the country. It's almost like they forgot that they had superior fighting skills and no one had been able to stand against them. They were so overwhelmed by what they had lost that they seemed to forget what they had left. They were so overwhelmed by what they had lost that they seemed to forget. That was my line for me, what they had left. And they seemed to forget that they could use what they had left to get back what they lost. I'm going to say that again. It's going to catch somebody's spirit. They were so ever overwhelmed by what they had lost that they seemed to forget what they had left and that they could use what they had left to go get back what they had lost. Y'all don't get so overwhelmed by what you lost that you forget what you have left and get up and use what you have left to go back and get what you had lost. That was good to me. But adversity can make you forget who you are. Maybe that's why you're stuck. Maybe that's why you won't get up. Maybe that's why you let your marriage go. Maybe that's why you stop every other week. Maybe that's why you stopped coming to church. Maybe that's why you left the ministry. Maybe that's why you quit school. Maybe that's why you gave up on your dream. Because adversity and trouble, disappointments and sickness, uh, divorce and pressure, depression and hard hits and bad situations and loss and death. You can get hit so hard and so fast and so often that you forget who you are. 
Well, I came by to remind you that you are a champion. You're a conqueror. Matter of fact, you're more than a conqueror. You're a warrior. You're an overcomer. You're a victor. You're ride or die. You're a big baller, shot caller. You have the eye of the tiger, a fighter. You dance in the fire. You are a champion. You don't fall apart. You don't whimper. You don't back up. You don't back down. You don't, you state your claim and you stand your ground. You don't sit around crying and complaining. You're a champion and you roar. Let me ask you this question. What happens when you challenge a champion? Oh, what happens when you challenge a champion? You see, David was already a champion. He had killed the lion and the bear. He had killed Goliath and a bunch of Philistines. He had killed his 10,000s. David was a fighter. He was anointed to fight. I wonder, Tiffany, how much greater our church would be if everyone who was anointed to fight knew who they were. If everyone in our church who was called to fight, if the church would look like, oh, what's the anointing, pastor? The anointing is the presence, the approval, and the power of God. The anointing, we call it the anointing. It, it gives you supernatural abilities, but particularly it gives you supernatural power in congruence with who you are. The anointing is not going to empower me uh, to be a praise and worship leader, but it'll empower me to be a pastor. It'll empower me to teach. It's not going to empower me to play, but it'll empower me to preach because that's congruent with who I am. And says that so when you know who you are, the anointing comes in to give you supernatural ability in who you are because there's nothing like being anointed while doing what you're called and anointed to do there's nothing like the power of God falling on you while you're doing what you're born to do and so David was a fighter he was anointed to fight but at this point the men were about to kill him because they were fighters too and when they remembered that somebody had to die after they got through crying, they got tired of crying. Then they remembered they were, they were fighters and they were ready to kill something. See, that's why knowing who you are is only the first step. You got to know why you are. That's what comes second. Otherwise, you'll do what you were born to do for the wrong team. You'll do what you were born to do, but for the wrong reason. So they were back to fighting again, but, but again, they're fighting the wrong enemy. If they had been fighting the right war in the first place, they wouldn't have been in this situation. And I might say that to somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but if you had been fighting the right war in the first place, then you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. They, they wouldn't have had to have uh, the, this situation if they hadn't been running around there with the Philistines when they were supposed to be fighting for Israel. But, but now they're ready to fight again, and they're fighting the wrong person. And we still do that today. But against principle, our fight is never with each other. It's not with your spouse. It's not with your kids. It's not with your siblings. It's not with your parents. It's not with your boss. That is not your fight. Your fight is against principalities and powers. In other words, your fight's with the devil and his demons. So the armies turned on David and was going to kill him. He was being challenged. But let's see what happens when you challenge a champion. You know, one, one definition of the word challenge is when somebody makes you identify yourself. <laughs> they, they call that a challenge. And so we're, we're about to find out who David really is. I told you adversity will either make you forget who you are or remember who you are. So David remembered that he was a champion. David did what I think all champions do when they're being challenged. They do what they do best. David went for his superpowers. <laughs> 
every champion has a superpower. We all have a superior ability. We all have something God put in your original design that you do better than most people, that, that you have a passion for. There's something that comes more natural to you than other things. For some of you, organizing is your superpower. For some of you, it's problem solving. Some of you, is talking. Some of you, is networking or building or creating or developing people, developing things or developing programs. Some of you, your superpower is making money. Some of you, it's teaching or it could be loving or it could be nurturing, but every champion has a superpower. Muhammad Ali could float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Uh, Tiger Woods and Serena Williams can hit a ball with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson can throw this Martin Luther King could preach. Hey, Martin Luther King is Jeff Bezos. Uh, Tom Hanks can act and Steve Jobs could create and Jeff Bezos can sail and Oprah can talk. Every champion has a superpower. So David went and got his superpowers. Yeah. Now I saw something in the text card that I hadn't seen before. Because we always talk, jump to the ephod part. But one of David's abilities, one of his superpowers was the ability to use words. David was a wordsmith. David was a writer. I don't even know if David could actually sing. But I, we do know he could play instruments, but we sure enough know that boy could write a song. So he encouraged himself in the Lord. The King James says he encouraged himself. The New International Version says he found strength in the Lord. And so... Demetrius, I went to the Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word, uh, uh, chasak. It means to be or to grow firm or to grow strong. It means to establish yourself securely. It means to take courage, to become powerful. And we didn't, it didn't say exactly how he strengthened himself, but I remembered he's a wordsmith. So I'm sure David talked to himself. I'm sure he said stuff like the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Maybe he said when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that's higher than I. Maybe he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Maybe it was in the time of trouble. He shall hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me so I believe he but then he called the priest Abiathar and he asked for the ephod well what is the ephod show those pictures for me and the ephod was a garment that the high priest wore and uh, you see that with the high priest, that's where we get our church colors from, from, from the ephod. It was, it was blue, gold, purple, and scarlet. Uh, and, and then they would make this other one, which is kind of a portable uh, ephod, and the other priests uh, would carry that. The, the, the ephod um, was, again, this, this, this garment that they wore, uh, and it was used to inquire of the Lord. That, that breastplate that you see held two elements called uh, Irim and Thummim, or Irim and Thummim. Uh, and Irim means lights, and Thummim means perfections, and the lights and perfections are allegories for revelation and truth. So Urim lights was revelation and Thumim perfections meant truth. So this priest, Abiathar, uh, he was with David because he had survived a slaughter from King Saul where Saul had come to Nob and he killed all the priests. But this guy, Abiathar, uh, was able to escape. So he stayed with David. So David has this priest with him and this priest had an ephod. <laughs> David said, bring me that ephod. I've encouraged myself in the Lord, but now I need to talk to him. Yeah. A.B.A. Thar, yeah. bring me that ephod. Yeah. 
<laughs> David, David gets the ephod and he goes in the prayer. And, 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 and can, I, can I do it in, in my language? <laughs> Shall I go get them? <laughs> Shall I go get them? The Bible says, and David answered him, pursue them. God said, you're going to succeed in the rescue. You're going to get all your people back as well. And can you see his superpowers then were words of encouragement and revelation by prayer. Yeah. See, if the sword was his power, he would have asked for a sword. If that slingshot was his power, he would have asked for that. If his fighting ability was his power, he would have just gone and started a fight and asked for that. If his army was his power, he would have tried to encourage the army instead of encouraging himself and then asked for that. But because prayer was his superpower. Because access to God was his superpower. Because his ability to hear from God was his superpower. He asked for the ephod. Bring me that ephod. Because I want to know if I'm still a champion. I just want to know if I'm going to win. I just want to know, God, if you're still with me. I just want to know if it's time to do what I was born to do. Can I go get them? Can I go get my stuff back? Can I go get my wives back? Can I go get my children back? Can I go get my reputation back? Can I go get my relationships back? Can I go get my money back? Can I go get my stuff back? Can I go to the enemy's camp and take back everything he stole from me? And God said, go get him. David came out of prayer. Knowing who he was again, knowing I am a champion and I'm going to win. Don't challenge the champion in us. Don't challenge the champion in us. Don't challenge. I got any champs in the room. Don't don't challenge the champion in us because you're going to make us go after our superpower. Speaking encouraging word was David's superpower. The ephod, getting in touch with the Lord. What's your superpower? Tell your enemy. Tell that demon that's challenging you. Tell that evil spirit that's coming up against you. Tell that situation that's frustrating you. Tell that sickness that's messing with you. Tell that struggle that's distracting you. Tell that addiction that's threatening you. Tell your enemy, don't make me worship. Ah, you messing with me. Don't make me worship. Tell that enemy, don't make me prophesy. You gonna make me prophesy up in here. No, don't make me prophesy. Don't make me give. Don't make, all right, you mess with my finances. Don't make me, don't make me write another check now. That, that's my superpower. Don't make me serve. You trying to make me sick? I'm gonna serve. Don't make me serve. Don't make me have to fast and pray now. Don't make, you fooling with me. I, I, you, what, you, you challenge a chip? Don't make me fast and pray now. Don't make me get out on them streets and start witnessing. Don't make me get in this word and start digging this word out. You're going to make me go get my superpowers. You know what happens when you challenge a champion and I am a champion and I'm going to win. So old Katy Perry said it like this. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I sat quietly and agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. You held me down, but I got up. I'm already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice? You hear that sound? It's like thunder that's going to shake the ground. You held me down, but I got up. Get ready, because I've had enough. Do I got anybody that said, enemy, you better get ready, because I have had enough I see it all I see it now I got the eye of a tiger a fight me roar I've gone from zero to my own hero you held me down but I got up I'm already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice? You hear that sound? Like thunder gonna shake the ground. You held me down, but I got up. Get ready, because I have had enough. 
I see it now. Oh, I see it now. I see it now. I got the eye of a tiger. I'm a fighter. I'm dancing through the fire because I am a champion. And you're going to hear me roar louder, louder than a lion because I am a champion. And you're going to hear me roar. It is Martin Luther King weekend. He was a champion for justice. And Martin Luther King said it like this. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. What happens when you challenge a champion? A champion remembers who he is remembers who she is and reaches back for those superpowers and they come back at you declaring I'm a champion I'm going to win I don't know who's going to win these games today I don't know who's going to be the Super Bowl champions but at the end of the day as much as I love football it ain't nothing but a game Whoever win today, whoever win the Super Bowl, it ain't gonna make a bit of difference in the world as we know it. It ain't gonna pay my rent. I mean, it might pay somebody rent who bets on the right game, but it ain't gonna pay it but for that month. It, but I tell you what it's not gonna do, it's not gonna heal cancer. It's not gonna bring nobody's child home. Gonna bring anything to your life for you. Nothing but a game. But I do know who won the victory for you. I do know that you're a champion and that you're going to win. Thank you, Lord. And if you're being challenged today, we got some fighters right here in New Antioch that's ready to give you a head start against your enemy. But you're going to have to leave here knowing who you are and using what you got left to get back what you lost. You have to get leave here and grab your superpower and win. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you got some insight, some inspiration, and some information on this episode. We'd like to fellowship with you in person. We have two campuses located in the city. We have our central campus located at 610 Bellrose. Our service time is at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Then we have our Aliante campus. That's at 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our service time is at 12.30 p.m. on Sundays. For more information, you can visit newantioch.org or you can visit newantioch-aliante.org for more information on our social media to keep up with us. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the NACF Podcast. May God bless you real good.